This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Gain, Grow, Retain Podcast, hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Gain, Grow, Retain is built to inspire SaaS and technology leaders who are facing day-to-day challenges of scaling. Jeff and Jay share conversations about growing and scaling subscription businesses with a customer-first approach. Check out all the episodes. Recently, they did one on onboarding. Such a key thing when you want to get going, keep and retain those clients. So listen to gain, grow, retain wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Laura Bull. She's a best-selling author and brand strategist who specializes in transforming people into competitive and sustainable business brands. She's also the author of From Individual to Empire, a guide to building an authentic and powerful brand. So, Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a long title, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) You know... It's not the longest I've seen. That's for sure. Well, that's true. <laughs> but publishers love to get a bunch of uh, stuff in there. Yes, so they do. <laughs> we were talking off air, and it's in your bio, but I didn't read it, uh, that you spent 10 years uh, with Sony Music Entertainment in artist development, working with brands like Carrie Underwood, Brad Paisley, Johnny Cash. And, I, and it's interesting, <clears throat> when I was growing up, people wrote good songs, <laughs> recorded them. And then went on tour to sell albums. The three artists that you named or that, that I named in, in, in your bio, you know, are really more of a package, aren't they? I mean, it's the, the industry or just even the branding of the industry has changed dramatically, hasn't it? Well, I think people are starting to understand that they have to become a brand. A, the industry has changed in the sense of nobody's really selling the product that they're making, right? The yeah, albums yeah, right. have become <laughs> basically obsolete because a retailer, i.e. iTunes, decided that they were going to you know, charge 99 cents, basically, right. right? When, you know, the record labels, who is the manufacturer of the music, they actually were putting in millions of dollars and needed that $20 return on investment for each sale. So when that kind of started getting a little wonky, you know, and people, listen, Johnny Cash has been around and he's been doing it for much longer than iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So he, you know, he knew it had to be a package deal. He did the television show. He did merchandise. He did sponsorships. I mean, that's kind of, I think now newer artists are realizing that they really have to start out with all of those different revenue streams in order to even stand a chance. And so I think that, you know, in the Johnny Cash days, I think that the brand kind of developed over time and in our, what I call the narrative age, you know, post the internet age, now we're in the narrative age where there's just so many narratives coming at us daily and minute by minute. You know, I think everybody is realizing that they have to really figure out that brand at the very beginning or they don't stand a chance. Right. And, and I think the parallel there is for business brands as well, right? I mean, it's not, 100%, you know, yes. we don't just make a product and get, hire a sales team and send them out there to tell the world about it, right? I mean, it's right. so many channels and avenues. Well, and a lot, when you're dealing with people, a lot of the time, and, and record labels used to do this all the time and kind of still do, they'll just throw out a song to radio and if it sticks and they'll throw out a few and then if it doesn't work, then they'll just drop them and make their millions on another artist. Right. You know, that's true in so many different industries, including politics. Yeah, book book publishing, publishing, of course. Anytime a person is the product that they're selling as a business, you know, 
I find in my experience that these people aren't actually treating themselves as businesses do. Right. Uh, they don't have a mission statement. You know, it, like things like that are just so commonplace in a business scenario when you're developing staff and, you know, a corporate environment, yeah. you know, people aren't realizing that they need to do that as well. All right. We're going to move off the music, but I got it. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least invite you to tell me what's like one of the wackiest stories that came out of, I'll give you two avenues to go here. Oh what's one God. of the wackiest stories that you want to oh share Lord. or who's somebody that came on the scene and didn't develop like flamed out, like that should have, should have gone big and didn't. Oh gosh. I have so many friends that should have gone big and didn't. I, and I, I can't even, I wouldn't give you those names cause it's not fair to them. So a wacky story. I mean, I've had some pretty wacky stories. I have a cool story. I'll tell okay. you, we were doing the Johnny cash. I think it was Johnny cash. No, it was the, it was one of the CMA awards or something. And I was a lowly intern and I was like, a, I was working a stage hand. This was, I won't tell you the year. It was a very long time ago. And the the crew all had their like meals together in the Opry house next door to the the main spot or whatever where all the production and the television production was going on and I sat down one time and Emmylou Harris was sitting with the crew having the meals with us and it was like everybody else was holed up in their dressing rooms having their minions bring them food you know what I mean and she yeah. was the most senior person there and didn't really say anything. She was just chill. She was just hanging out. <laughs> I was just like, okay, well, hi. <laughs> well, well, I'm a huge fan. So that goes right on what my perception of her brand is too. So <laughs> Yeah, very chill. Very cool. Yeah. I won't tell you all the, I'll save all the wacky, the, the insane stories that you would not ever <laughs> believe unless, you know, so that I can save myself from lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Let's talk about uh, the topic at hand. Personal branding is something that's been with us like a decade. I don't know. Tom Peters came out with Brand Me, which was an awesome book probably 15 years ago and yeah. feel like that was sort of the launch of it. But I know from your book, you're saying that like we've moved on from that and that influencer yes. branding is a very different thing. So I'll let you yes. just kind of set that up. I'm so glad you said that because I feel like, you know, everything, all buzzwords get a little stale, right? So right, authenticity, right, right. I get it's in the title of my book, but you know, that's one of these words right now that is just like so overdone because nine times out of the t out of 10, it's actually used in an incorrect way. And there is a whole study of personal branding. But when it comes to what I call influencer branding, first off, I'm trying to redefine the term influencer because influencer yeah. is just not online only. You it's know, not TikTok. Um, I don't have to just start into just TikTok. It's not just TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you may have to start a TikTok. I'm not saying you can't, but you know there are on there are offline influencers that are just as powerful. And and for two thousand years, this isn't something new. Right. You know, influencers are influencers. So that's the first thing I'm trying to do. But then, secondly, it's really about these people who are products. How do they figure out all the crazy things and all the unique things that make them unique and authentic and real and people? But then they have to whittle it down. Sorry. Then they have to whittle it down to something that is as focused as like a Nike shoe, mm -hmm. right? And so I think that is where influencer branding comes in because it's taking that personal brand and then turning it into something that is competitive in the marketplace, but also focused enough to be a business brand. So... I think the I think the unfortunate thing is when we talk about influencers, you know, there's all like the really plain examples, 
good and bad, you know, that probably aren't that useful in some cases for the person who's actually trying uh, to build something. So would you say that one of the traits that I notice, and I'll let you sort of share your thoughts on this, is that it's not just about being popular or, and, you know, putting your name on all kinds of stuff. The people that I think really do a great job with it kind of have a point of view about what they're trying to accomplish. Well, it's got to be a purpose. Yeah. So that's, you know, that comes into the personal branding thing. You have to have a purpose. You have to, it's just like any business, you know, whatever Nike stands for, you know, somebody has to connect with that over Adidas. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing when it comes to people. They really, if they have a very unique purpose with a unique concept around it, whether that's a product or a service they provide. And the way that I kind of look at the brand itself is three different avenues. You have the image, you have the narrative, and you have the product slash service. All three of those things have to be saying the exact same thing to the consumer for them to really connect directly. There is no such thing as an it factor, right? I I feel like if you have all three of those things and a consumer can pick it up within nanoseconds, then you have a good brand. That is something that is going to connect with people. Well, I'll push back a little on the it factor thing because that certainly, and I I don't mean to challenge you on it. I just mean that's certainly a perception that like in the music industry, I'm sure you saw people as like, I don't know why they didn't make it, but this person made it. I don't know why either, but it's just like people connected. So, I mean, it it exists, but I think what you're saying is that it's not something you can just bring to market. It's not something that you're born with, right? There, yeah, like yeah. when I say there's no such thing as an it factor, it's because it's not something that is like, oh my gosh, this person has it and this person doesn't, right? It's you know, if you have two minutes on the Tonight Show talk uh, couch, right? Right. If you can, if your image says exactly what your purpose and what your brand is, and your conversation says the same thing, and whatever you're selling connects with all three of those things, that is a clear enough message that the consumer feels like that person has the it. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. And now let's hear from a sponsor. Running a business is a lot like, I don't know, running a pirate ship. You've got your eye on the prize and the entire crew to coordinate. With customizable options, HubSpot CRM platform is carefully crafted in-house so your business can keep running in ship shape. Its powerful suite of marketing tools work seamlessly together so you and your teams can deliver a better experience for your customers. Consider it a treasure map with a very clear X marks the spot. With HubSpot, save, reuse, and share your best performing emails with your team for a faster and more consistent way to communicate with prospects. Use social media tools to schedule and publish updates, monitor terms, and analyze performance. You can even use bot builders to create robust, automated, multi-channel campaigns. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers, and your business at HubSpot.com. So uh, I, I want to get into some practical like how-to things, but I, you've mentioned the word narrative a couple of times. And in the world of marketing and branding, storytelling is, you know, again, another decade or okay. so yeah. of, you know, Nobody was talking about it to now there's a whole section in bookstores on, you know, on storytelling and marketing. You've mentioned narrative. And I think that's, I really picked up on that because in my last book, I talked about the difference between narrative and storytelling. And I'd love to just throw that to you. What's the difference in your view of narrative versus storytelling? I feel like storytelling is part of the narrative. 
Yes. Everything that comes anything that is a message to the consumer about the brand is a narrative. So I have a whole chapter in my book about narratives and breaking it down and how to avoid bad narratives. You know, a lot of brands get muddled. They have too many narratives going on. Some are the inauthentic, you know, some are, they don't, you know, some don't even have a narrative. They don't know what they're out there saying. They don't know what they're trying to communicate, you know? And so it could be everything from the bio, the story, you know, I feel like I'm trying to think any, I'm trying to give other examples and I can't think of them off the top of my head, but like even a housewife, like in that chapter, I use Bethany Frankel as an example of a narrative coming before the product, right? She was a TV personality and her personality was the narrative. I really, the way that I plotted out in my book is personality, traits, values, all of those things are part of the narrative. So she already had that out there before she even created Skinny Girl. Mm-hmm. And then so the product came after, which in normal business, product service comes first. And then sure, you sure. build the narrative around yeah. it, right? Yeah. So I think we're in this really interesting place now where with social media and with television and all of the different direct-to-consumer platforms that we have, I think that narrative has almost, if not, become the most important thing to connect. Yeah, I tell people it's the way you tell the story, you know, so it's like a movie that starts with the fiery crash, you know, and you don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden cut to the protagonist in seventh grade. I mean, it's like there's still a story in that, but it's the way that the story is delivered that sucks you in. And I also, in addition to that, I also say tone. Yeah. yeah. You know, are you a professional tone? Are you a familiar tone? How are you delivering the message? All of those are part of the narrative. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into sort of nitty gritty, like your framework. <clears throat> so you talk about the traits or the five P's, you know, of an influencer. So if somebody's mm. thinking, okay, we've talked in general terms about influencers, <laughs> you know, what, you know, what, what do I need to do if I'm a brand and I, I want to increase my influence, my power, you know, what are the things I need to start thinking about doing first? Well, so the first part of my book is about that personal branding side. So it's a lot of the introspection things. So the five P's right here, the five P's are- Did you have to go reference your book, Laura? I'm pulling it up (laughs) as a visual. (laughs) The the only reason I say that is I too get interviewed on shows about my books and somebody will say on page 47 in this book- Oh yeah, I definitely don't know what's on page 47. (laughs) I I make this comment on social media all the time. I forget so many things that I've written in my book. It took me five years to write this book. I wrote a hundred thousand words and only 50,000 good ones. So- (laughs) And I'm not writing another one. (laughs) But so the five P's that you're referencing is more about the psychology behind the fact that as people who are also the product, that can get in your way with self-branding issues and with, you know, making business decisions that are personal driven instead of business driven, right? So a lot of the, the, okay, so passion is one, perseverance is another, positivity is another, purpose and power. And there's a lot of grit elements in that from Angela Duckworth. Mm -hmm. There's the happiness advantage factor from Sean Acor. You know, a lot of people confuse passion and purpose. And so that's an issue. And then power is really about you have power over your own brand as the CEO of your business, right? 
And once you understand the psychology behind accepting the fact that you have the power actually gives you the confidence to be able to pull it off. You know what I mean? And that confidence actually comes through in the brand. So these elements actually do shine through into the brand itself once you get to the second phase, it which is, you know, creating the actual brand pillars. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you kind of hinted at what I hear all the time, people talking about imposter syndrome. And I think okay. that's really what you're talking about in some ways is that the, and I hate the whole like fake it till you make it, you know, conversation, but there really are a lot of people that, that it's really that they own that power. And that's really allows them to make the decisions that are in their best, maybe well, confidence benefit. goes 90% of the way for <laughs> you know, public figures, for sure. Yeah. You know, you have to, and if you don't have the confidence that you are an expert in what you're talking about, nobody's going to believe you <laughs> that yeah, you yeah. have that expertise. So, but also when you are a public figure like a musician or like a TV personality or whoever, they have so many people around them and everybody is going to chime in with what they think you should be and what they think your brand should be. And if you don't have a solid foundation in what you are, then you will get derailed. Every single person that I have seen fail has had that happen. That is the number one way people are failing. So there's a pretty well-known influencer in the marketing business space, Gary Vaynerchuk, You've probably mm -hmm. run across Gary V. Yeah, and I really think that, you know, I, you know, I met Gary when he was just starting because I've been around a long time and he just, that, that was his whole shtick is like, you have to believe me because I'm so confident you yeah. know? and that really attracted people. I'm not saying yeah, he didn't works. hustle and, you know, do a lot of things, but a lot of it was just an attraction factor of gosh, this guy's so positive about what he's doing that he must be onto something. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one other um, piece in, in your book that I found very interesting. I'm kind of a cool, I'm kind of a tool and process person. So your, your brand matrix. Yes. So do you want to maybe unpack that for us? And, and uh, Oh, it's and hard to explain that, without visuals. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you you feel happy to feel free to send me anything. I'll post it. Uh, if you've got some visuals you want us to post. Well, it, oh, but, by, uh, well they can go to my website, laurabull.com. Yeah, yeah. I have free resources there. So the, okay. Think about a Venn diagram, right. three circles. One is the image, which I said earlier, narrative is the other and the product and service is the last one. The intersection is a group of terms that can apply to all three areas, right? So let's say pink, for instance, the artist pink. Pink hair, right, would be under image. Yeah. But that's obviously not going to apply to the narrative and the, the product that she is offering, right? However, if you dig deeper about the pink hair, rebelliousness. Rebelliousness yeah. is in the center. You can portray rebel in image, you can portray it in narrative, and you can portray it in the product and the service that she offers. That is the type of things that you're looking for at the center. Now, taking it a step further, you need at least four or five terms in the center of that Venn diagram because it's the grouping of those together that is going to make you unique from the outside in the marketplace, from the outside competition, right? If there is something in there, like let's say you get the final grouping together and you're looking at these words and it reminds you of somebody that's already in the marketplace, all you have to do is remove one and replace it with another. True and authentic. Of course, you're always, you got to make, you got to do the authenticity work first then get to the brand matrix. So basically, once you have your four to five brand pillars, 
that is incorporated for the rest of your career and they have to be generic enough to be able to evolve over time, but they also have to be specific enough to set you aside from the competition. So it's this really narrow spot that you're trying to work towards. Well, I think you did an amazing job explaining it. To I think that was the best one I've done. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> and obviously pick up a copy of the book if you really want to dig into this. But so yeah. Laura, it was awesome having you stop by. And it's an audio book too now, by the way. Uh, which and just came out instant bestseller in the first week. <laughs> I was I held off on that too because I was uh, confused. I was concerned without the visuals, but it they're taking it good. So I like uh, it. More than 50% of my book sales are audiobook now. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Tell people where they can find out more about, obviously the book can be purchased anywhere you buy books, but uh, where can they mm -hmm. find out more about you and your work? Laurabull.com. I have uh, free resources there and any of my books and information and connecting information there, as well as my social media. I'm at the Laura Bull on all the platforms Awesome. and Laura Bull branding on Facebook. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. So thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, and hopefully we'll uh, see you one of these days out there on the road. Yeah, I love it. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. So that wraps up another episode. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. And you know we love those reviews and comments. And just generally tell me what you think. Also, did you know that you could offer the Duct Tape Marketing System, our system, to your clients and build a complete marketing, consulting, coaching, business, or maybe level up an agency with some additional services. That's right. Check out the Duct Tape Marketing Consultant Network. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that Offer Our System to Your Clients tab.